Mr. Gunn, I'm sorry this is a love letter to you. <laughs> you deserve it, though. Great job. I'm hoping the answer to this question is yes. Have you Whoa. seen... Put down on it! What? Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3? I the have. Three? Push it down. I am pushing down on it. And we're about to talk about it. Push the button. Yes. I feel a butt coming. It looks like you're pushing the keyhole. The what? The butt is I want to get this thing out of the way. There's a button under the handle. Press that in. Okay. Okay. For our listeners at home, I love comics. I don't know. Now what? Open the door. Have I kept that a good secret this whole time? Have I been real subtle? That is a stupid design. And your instructions were very unclear. I love comics. And every now and then, in reading old stuff, some of which, you know, I've never, I mean, I don't reread stuff that I've read before. I just fill my shelves with it, you know. But sometimes I come across something like, I never actually read this. And it was a Thor collection. Every now and then, I'll read something that is so stupid. And so awesome at the same time, it reminds me of how much I love comics in general. And this uh, is a uh, this is a shout out. And I want you, you may not know this character at all, but insert him dancing across the screen or something in this video or do something where you show him. You need to research Google by Beast. Do you know by Beast? By Beast? Is yeah, he he's, he's a Marvel bad guy. It's B I dash beast. Oh, and I was no. thinking B. I was thinking B U Y, <laughs> like some kind of weird mascot for Best Buy. That's funny. <laughs> and I was thinking the other way you could go is like he's like by beast. He's like, see ya, B Y. Gotta go. Gotta Very go. Good. And and B I does not mean that he likes the fellas and the gals. I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> but by beast is so ludicrous. And there was a Thor comic from the 80s. I had forgotten that he existed. I probably knew him from, like, you know, official handbook of the Marvel Universe back in the day. But this is a Thor comic from the 80s, and comics are insane. The story is his origin isn't in this comic, because he's been around for a while by the time I read this comic. A race of bird people, highly advanced bird people in a city that, that floated above the Earth, and we never knew they were there, uh, they know they're dying, and so they're dying out. So they make this android cr uh, creature that will have all of their knowledge. This is similar to what the Kree did with the Supreme Intelligence, but I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. So um, <laughs> they make this android. Is he a bird person? No. Okay, so he's this big orange Hulk-looking dude. Two fingers, two toes. See, kind of by, huh? Two. But here's the best thing. He's got a big old bald head, big old bald orange head, with a second head that grows out of the top of it. And that's why he's the by beast. He's got two faces, like a face up here and then a face down here, and they talk to each other. And he is... So fucking stupid. And I love it. I love the weird, like, why would the bird people have made a big orange dude? And also one heads. one brain is like, I contain all of the uh, cultural knowledge of our people and its history. And the other brain's like, I know how to fight. Let's see which of us is strongest. 
I know every fighting. I'm so he's as strong as the Hulk. He's supposedly incredibly intelligent, but the visual of just and the designer, I don't know who created by beast. I should have looked that up. They didn't put any work into it. He's a big orange dude with little shorts. They didn't do any kind of costuming, just little shorts and then two heads. I got to look this up. <laughs> and then, and then here's the thing. Here's the thing. The two heads will talk to each other and they call each other skull brother. Not if my skull brother has anything to say about it. <laughs> and all I can think of is, <laughs> all I can think is Funk, yeah. Funk skull brother. Check it out now. Right about now. That's by Beast. Is that? Yeah, head on top of the head. Yeah. Well, I, as far as I know, that's the only version. And I kept thinking, bring, please bring him into the MCU. Please, <laughs> please make it uh, Jack Black and Kyle Gass as the voices of the <laughs> by Beast. <laughs> Check it out now, Funk Skull, Skull brother. brother. That's hilarious. And don't worry, Thor and Iron Man were able to wipe him out. But it just, I was reading that, and it just brought all the love of comics back into my heart, which is never far away, because it's batshit. It's bizarre, and someone just like, I don't know, I came up with this guy called Bybees, and they're like, yeah, whatever, man. If they do, I, the way things are going, I mean, they they could. I mean, James Gunn basically set the tone for anything to happen in, in the universe. Now that he's that, that that was his parting, well, not his parting gift. That was his, his parting gift. It was his arrival it's a gift. Life, or whatever life, lifetime uh, uh, supply yeah. of riceroni. <laughs> <laughs> the San Francisco treat. Well, that was an excellent segue, and it actually is kind of why I brought it up first. Is th- there's a thing about deep diving into into the obscurities of of comics whether it's marvel or dc uh, it's not about proving how much of a nerd you are it's like i know all about this or that but it's just where it's like reaching across the void and going i know where you got that from and that's great and james gunn clearly has been storing this in his brain like you know we have and you sit there and you go he gets it. He's still going to do his take. He's still going to mess around a little bit. I'm sitting there going like, wow, Adam Warlock. Daddy did you wrong. But <laughs> but I, yeah, no, Guardians 3. Oh, another shout out, by the way, to our, our listener and friend, Kate, who is the reason I got to see it. Oh, really? Kate uh, is my first uh, sponsor. Like, uh, like, as in she uh, loves the podcast. She heard me, I guess she didn't tell you this, but uh, in the last podcast, I had mentioned like, yeah, I'd want to see some of these movies, but you know, money's tight, you know, work and so forth. And she was like going, I love the podcast. Would you accept a donation? Yeah. So she Venmoed me uh, a little bit. She goes, I, you know, I said, I get to go see Guardians now. And she goes, great. I love to hear. I want to hear you guys talk about it. So Kate, fantastic. Thank you, Kate. Kate, big, big old heart swelling. Uh, Thank you. And that's not a medical condition. That's (laughs) yeah. just to be clear. (laughs) I really appreciated that. That was very sweet. And I I kept telling people I'm a professional podcaster now, but it did allow me to go and see Guardians three. So I owe that to Kate. And it was 
really good, really awesome. And as I said on Facebook, my only mini review of it was those pixels made me cry (laughs) (laughs) because they did, man. Yeah. Yeah. He has his thing. I still worry about what, if it's project to project, we have seen him only do one thing, which is still great. He did it with Peacemaker. He does it with Guardians. And I'm like, please don't for Superman. And I'm counting on him being smart enough not to, to alter his style. Because his style is amazing. But what he does is he takes the ludicrous character, uh, not the rapper, but he takes ludicrous characters and he, he gives them weight. He makes them, you got to take them seriously. Yeah. But he does the opposite. He takes the grand, big characters, and he likes to take them down, mock them, make them goofy, which is what he did with Adam Warlock, which is yeah. kind of what he did with... With Drax. Uh, yeah. With Drax, yeah. yeah. Because uh, also in that Thor collection that I'm reading, which is all 80s Thor, pre-Walt Simonson run, um, you know, at one point, Drax and Moondragon show up in an issue of that, and I'm like, oh, it is so weird that this is Drax, but that's also Drax because they're very different. Did that detract from the comics version of Drax? No, I love Bautista. I love the character he created uh, that they created together. Yeah. It's a work of art what they did with that character. Yes. And what's weird is he does play with it, but he still kept one of the primal primary themes of Drax which is the fact he was a father. Um, now, in the movie version, his family gets wiped out by Thanos, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that he wants revenge. In the comics, he's an Earth man, um, and his daughter, and they're all just in a car, and the daughter is abducted by aliens, uh, and this is all tied to Thanos. She gets raised as Moon Dragon, so she's technically his daughter, but he gets killed. Some, uh, the Titan, the, the folks on Titan, which are all the Thanos's family, whatever, uh, they take his soul and they give him the body of Drax. And they basically say, your mission is to destroy Thanos. So in a weird way, father without his family, whose only mission, the only thing he thinks about is to kill Thanos. All of that is still there in the movie Drax version of Drax. He's just very different. That whole thing about him being mm-hmm. completely literal minded and big doofus, man, that scene in the movie with him and are, are we worried about spoilers? No, no spoilers. People <laughs> as always. Well, it's not forth. a big thing, but that, that scene where we're basically Nebula unloads on him. Uh, like you're an idiot and you just always do things wrong and da, 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 and people let you get away with it. Cause you're just big oaf and all this. And he goes, no, I am. I am the only one who does the right thing all the time. And da, da, da. And then and he just looks at Mantis and goes, do you think I'm stupid? And she goes, yes. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, but they have this bond. And yet she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man, you're stupid. And then she goes, forget, forget. Yeah. Oh man. And you got to wonder, like, how many times has she done that to him? Maybe so. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about James Gunn is that, yes, I worry about the comedic slants 
I still laughed my ass off throughout that movie. Great bits all over the place. The whole thing with Cosmo, like, but I'm a good dog. No, you're a bad dog. <laughs> I mean, that's not even a huge thing. It's this little thing. I'm like, that's great. It has a runner. It has a wrap up. Perfect writing. But I just sit there going like, he will do big cosmic story. He will do grand villain. Like, he doesn't mock that villain. He gives things around him to be mocked, but the high evolutionary is disturbing and great. But, the, but he, yeah, it's just character and, and emotional beats where you were surprised you were going to cry or yeah. surprised you were going to get the feels so big. I, I figured you would have something to say about I mean, all these aspects too, but, but especially Adam Warlock, because that is one of the common complaints I've heard from people well, before I went in saying, Oh man, they did Adam Warlock wrong. And, I don't know anything about the character, so I, I I didn't have anything to be disappointed about as far as he gave the it. Source he gave material. he gave it a good reason for his characterization, and right. it's delivered in a line of dialogue, which is basically yeah. you took him out of the cocoon too early. Right, he's like an infant, yeah. and so that allows him to be kind of dumb. But right. Jim Starlin, who created Thanos, who created Adam Warlock, he's. Mar was Marvel's big cosmic dude. He came up with all those like crazy. I'd say next to Jack Kirby, he's the most cosmic of all the uh, creatives that ever worked for Marvel. But um, Andy created Gamora, and obviously. But the thing is, is that he's like cosmic Jesus in the comics. Uh, he's very serious minded. But I did like even even in this goofy turn, they still did the whole. God giving the breath of life to Adam pose between Adam Warlock and Star Lord. It was like, oh, even there, it's like him going, no, I know where Adam Warlock's gonna go, but for now he's this doof. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, it's a little bit like my disappointment to some degree because I still love the movie. But when he had Vigilante in Peacemaker and made him this doof, I was like, oh, well, some of us like the 80s vigilante, who's a very serious character. He's the only DC character I know of whose comic ended with him committing suicide um, and making him just like, hey, everybody. And I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, what did you think? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did it you was, cry? Was, did you cry? I did. Yeah. At least a couple of times. And uh, yeah, the, the I'm going to go jump ahead into spoilers. I'm oh, going to be yeah. all over the go place Go right here. in. Go right in. I really, I really wanted to have a list of notes that I could run down this time, but I did not have time to do that mm. today. But uh, that that post credit scene where we see the new Guardians, yeah. uh, uh, where Rocket is the leader and Adam Warlock's on the team. And, yeah. And uh, it's great. And I, I really wish... I really hope we get to see uh, that team. I'm, I'm very, I'm kind of heartbroken that it won't be James directing it though, but I love, this was the thing I love that, that, that you get to see a little bit of a uh, little bit more seasoned Adam Warlock in that, in that yeah. scene. He's yeah. a little bit more confident and he's, he's a prog rock geek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that says, was great. Adrian Adrian Blue. Blue. Solo and a King Crimson. I was like, I knew that. I, I, that. Was, I was, give me more going. of that. Yeah. He's a you, nerd. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who you gonna hide behind? Who you gonna turn to when there's nobody 
I, I kept thinking because, you know, Adrian Ballou is not necessarily cosmic-y, but it's a good choice, prog rock being <laughs> being something like King Crimson. I'm like, yeah, that fits yeah. Adam Warlock. And I, I wish I wish I hadn't had the spoiler on that particular detail, but I got the spoiler from none other than Adrian himself because he posted really? about it. Yeah, he posted about it on his Facebook. He was so excited. He's like, "Oh, that's Guys. awesome, <laughs> Guys, Adam Warlock's a fan." Yeah, he was thrilled, and he deserves Adam. I mean, Adrian Ballou totally deserves that. So, oh no, Adrian Ballou is great. It's, Shout uh, out to Adrian Ballou. Everyone, go mm-hmm. uh, listen, even if it's just a compilation or something. Just, you're yeah. gonna f- realize how amazing that guy is. Mm-hmm. Always has flown under the radar, weirdly. Never a top 10 hit guy. But no, he wanted to be, but yeah, not his, not pop, his, his poppiest stuff. He has some great stuff. Is great. Yeah, but it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's that's his slot. Big, Big um, Blue Sun is the one I would recommend from a solo work. Uh, it's an early 90s one, Big Blue Sun. Beautiful song. Did, we went to go see him mm-hmm. at uh, Rockefeller's, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. It was when he was touring on that album, actually. Yeah, I, I th- uh, that's yeah. why it popped in yeah. my head. I was like, that was that tour, probably. Yeah, that was a really great show. It I was. really liked that club too. But anyway, yes, I knew that you would you would pick up on that. That was great. That team, you know, great. The whole thing is they turned one of the little kids was was Phyla. She becomes the female Quasar. Like oh. she, like she's established. It's just that the one the version of her we know in the comics is fully grown, and this is like a preteen version of her. So she's not Quasar yet. But that's why you saw energy coming out of her hands. She's like she's going to be a big cosmic hero. Okay. But so she's a cool character. I did like to see. I did like seeing their little hero run kind of thing because you always love to see the group when they like take off in action, you got rocket in the front, you got Craglin's yeah. finally mastered the arrow. So he's technically the new Yondu. It's just, yeah, I'm loving it. So it's such a James Gunn thing that, that Star-Lord risks his life to save the zoom. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the thing that almost kills him is saving the zoom, uh, which he's doing for rocket because rocket had, had uh, kind of adopted the zoom. He was carrying yeah. around with him. But I, I, uh, I just thought that was great. One, one of my favorite moments too is you're talking about uh, Drax. Uh, I think at one point Gamora refers to Mantis and Drax as Bug and Doofus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when they're breaking it's into just teams. Passing, I was like, wait, yeah. did you say Bug and Doofus? That's off. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is kind of the argument I always have with the DC movies because, of course, I went with John. I went with Jerry. And uh, another John, friend of the show, friend of our show, that got confusing. So John, oh no, no <laughs> just John. No, uh, I only go to movies with people with J names. Uh, <laughs> oh, John, John, and Jerry. But 
they know me as the stickler guy who's going to be upset that a costume is wrong, <laughs> that they change a backstory. And I am that guy and I apologize, but it's a testament to James Gunn always that the changes he makes, I, I can kind of get behind now. True. He hasn't really tackled a character that I have a deep. So that's why I'm like, with Superman, that's I'm worried slightly, slightly, but he took characters that no one gave a shit about. I mean, Star-Lord, you read the early Star-Lord comics. He's not the Peter Quill that Chris Pratt is. He's deadly serious, too, and has a whole superhero outfit. Instead, we get Chris Pratt in, like, cool leather coats and stuff. Like, oh, all right. Yondu? Oh, boy, that is not Yondu. Rocket? Pretty close, except for Rocket actually was pretty blandly heroic when he first started out. He didn't get that snarky attitude or the murderous rage stuff till later. Did you read that original miniseries, by the way? Mm-mm, no. Back no. in the 80s? One of the things that I absolutely love, besides the fact that James Gunn worked in an adaptation of We 3 into a Guardians movie, We 3 is amazing. And yeah, we again, talked about that. Yeah. Tears and tears yeah. and tears. That is such a good graphic novel. But he's also, he shoehorned in that miniseries from the 80s. Rocket Raccoon, the entire character, was just a stupid Beatles joke. The entire four-issue miniseries was based around Rocky Raccoon. And so there's all the names in it are all taken from the songs. He has a walrus friend, which we get in this movie. So there's a walrus who's got cybernetic limbs. He's there. He's got an otter girlfriend. She's there. Um, In the original miniseries, Rocky Rocket is searching for Gideon's Bible, which is this cosmic (laughs) artifact. So, yeah, the whole miniseries is kind of a joke. And it's one of the first jobs that Mike Mignola, the amazing Mike Mignola, went on to create Hellboy and is an amazing artist. It was one of the first Marvel jobs he did was that miniseries. And I remember going, this guy's good. Uh, and I also remember reading cool. it going, this is fun space adventure with animals, talking animals, but it is just an extended Beatles riff. And it's cute. It's like, oh, what if we took Beatles references? You know, I think Bungalow Bill shows. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in there. You're like <laughs> winks and nods and, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. So the fact that, they showed up in this movie is another thing where I'm like, James, God damn it. You get me, man. You get me. Yeah. Uh, Because he didn't have to, but he also said his overarching theme was about animal cruelty and, and the uh, sort of embracing the importance of life in every species. I'm like, yeah, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he stole from everywhere. Obviously he's like, yeah, I'm taking some week three and putting it in here. I didn't even think about that. Obviously, I still haven't read We Three. I'd read about it. We talked about it when we were doing the. It's so the, good, and it's, it's about Grant it's Morrison. A few one thin, like it's it's. It would only have probably been if it had been in individual issues, like two. It's a tiny little graphic novel, but it will devastate you because it's yeah. great and it's beautifully drawn, and it's very sad. About the uh, the Rocky Raccoon, the Beatles song connection. Yeah. Uh, I was reading uh, James. James has been been back on the tweets again, as he often is, and he's so so fun to uh, to read his interactions there. Somebody asked, so how come you didn't? It seemed so obvious to put uh, Rocky Raccoon into this movie. Well, how come you didn't put do that? And he said, "It's not my favorite Beatles song." <laughs> <laughs> 
I said, what is your favorite? And he didn't answer that question. And that's that's actually a perfectly fine answer, even yeah. though there are also another answer would be money. But yeah. But I think another reason would be that's so on the nose. And James Gunn exactly. tries not to be on the nose. Mm-hmm. Obviously, on Earth, the Beatles existed. Obviously, even Peter Quill probably has heard Rocky Raccoon. He's not making these connections. But it does make the question harder of like, well, come on. Rocket Raccoon? Rocky Raccoon? No one's making that. Con- that would be something unnecessary that you'd have to introduce and explain. It's like, no, mm-hmm. don't do not do that. Yeah. The very fact that he embraces the fact that he is a raccoon at the end, even that came full circle from the very first movie. I'm like, oh, I love it. He is actually an Earth raccoon. Yeah. I mean, this I, movie gave us Counter Earth, the High Evolutionary, the Recorders. These are all Marvel cosmic things. I was very happy to see. I, I could see in a, in a future movie, which obviously won't be James Gunn directing it, but I could see like maybe Rocky Raccoon comes on for a brief second and Rocky goes, turn that off. <laughs> Hate that song. That would be <laughs> probably something someone else could do. Yeah. Maybe a Taika Waititi. Do you think, do you think uh, Bradley Cooper would continue to voice him? Or is I he just so. going to follow James over to, because everyone, oh, everyone's cast is like, both, I would oh, we're going yeah. to DC now. <laughs> we're yeah, going to follow he, James. James has been very, <laughs> Almost, I mean, pretty much people have asked him that question many, multiple times. And he always answers the question and he always says, yes. Like, are there people from, you know, actors yeah. from, from Guardians going to be in DC? Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, the thing now is like trying to think because he's in charge of the whole Megillah. It's like, where do you plug in Chris Pratt? Where do you plug in Palm Klimentoff? Is that, is that how you pronounce her name? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, they're all amazing. They're all great. And I'm sure that even. Zoe Saldana and and uh, Karen Gillan would be on board as long as they didn't have to be painted up and put under all that sure. shit for every. And I'm just sitting there going, I don't know who they would play, but that, yeah, that's, they're welcome. I, yeah, come on um, in. The water's fine. I dug it. It swung for every kind of fence all across. the The running time never once affected me because I was like, this is so much stuff, and it felt like the final chapter again i don't know how much of this he had in his head when he started the first movie but it did feel like he's closing off this thing he's closing off this thing something that surprised me was the whole mantis because she can you know read people to some degree her going like yeah you keep talking about abandoning families but you abandoned your own you could have gone back to earth at any time and your grandfather's been waiting for you know this whole time I didn't see that coming, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's nice. And yeah. then at the end, when you just see him walking down a suburban yeah. street, and he's like, That was yeah. one of the times I lost it, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's like, like, that's great. Mm-hmm. And the also the idea that even though it's like, Pete? And, and of course, yeah, that's really touching. But I'm like, don't they know him? Didn't they establish in the Christmas special that the Guardians are known because they helped save the universe or something? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, there there are people who know who they are in the Christmas special. So it's sort of like, oh yeah, you guys. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I have to watch it again. I'm not sure. They might not James- know that he is Peter Quill of Earth. They might have just like gone. He looks like us, and they call him Star Lord. I don't know. That was one of the. That was a question that James Gunn addressed on Twitter. He says, "Do people on Earth on on the MCU Earth know who the Guardians are?" And he said, "No, they don't." Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I might need to go back yeah. and rewatch that too, because yeah. I, or maybe it's something in Ms. Marvel. That's one thing uh, is that it may be hard to kind of keep everybody on the same because when she went to that Avengers convention uh, in Ms. Marvel, which was a great scene, and there's like toys and T-shirts of the characters that we know. And I'm pretty sure Guardian stuff is in there. There may have been little stuffed Groots or something. So I'm like, okay, okay. The Earth seems to know about the Guardians. Uh, There was one. This is the only quibble. One quibble I have with Uh the the story. And it's not a big deal. They they do make a big point several times throughout the movie that the Guardians don't kill. We'll kill anyone who gets in our way. Not kill anyone. Kill a few people. Kill no people. Kill one guy, one stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. They they say that several times, and then but apparently fuck the guy that they jump out of the ship with that that Quill uses as a as a brake pad when they <laughs> like why why is it okay to kill him? I don't understand it because they didn't even kill the the uh, higher evolutionary himself gets a pass at the very end. I, I think off of the ship you anyway. know I I'm not sure how hardcore they are with that tenant. Uh, because one thing I do remember in the first movie, the whole thing is Peter's trying to constantly talk rocket down because he's literally the guy going, I'm going to murder you in the face, Yeah, you know, and he's got the big gun. I, I just think that they are often in war type situations where it's like they are the bad guys or, or they're up against the baddest of the bad guys. So I'm pretty sure they lay waste to plenty of people. Sure. Oh yeah. 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 But that was just one moment. It was like, it was even, it was, it was calculated it's like yeah it's oh we're, you're gonna kill us both it's like no not both of us like you're yeah. I'm, I'm planning to kill you yeah <laughs> so you know yeah i did no remorse no 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 sorry buddy you know so that was a little weird to me it seemed a little, slightly out of character for for quill it that didn't i remember that beat it didn't really get get me there simply because it's a them or us kind of thing um, yeah. I was ready for him to, to take out Nathan Fillion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Nathan Fillion. I love, I mean, I love that these people that we know show up. I didn't find that Jennifer Holland, his wife was distracting. It wasn't like, Oh God, here we go. It's his wife. Yeah. She just played a character. Yeah. She did it. Okay. She played with a little floating ball that she talked into. Great. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. I didn't sit there going, Oh, camera just zooming in on Jennifer Holland. So his brother, always welcome. You know, Craglin's great. I love, yeah, I love Sean Gunn. Oh, he's, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah. And he's like I said. He's got the same kind of heart. You know, James puts the heart that James puts into to the movie. His brother just well, also, embodies it. It's true. And all the characters, all the side characters have had arcs. Like he was yeah, always possibly next to Yondu as far as the Ravagers are concerned probably the most sensitive and probably the most like, well, I don't think we really need to kill anybody, but still he comes as a pirate, comes across as a pirate. And then he just slowly kind of becomes a nicer guy. So he's a full hero by the end. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's just good. Mm-hmm. Mantis. I love that character. Even though again, in the comics, she's much more serious. She becomes the celestial Madonna. She like is a hugely important cosmic character and here she's adorable and goofy. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Nebula. Nebula is not so nice, but they keep her being not so nice until she Still. is nice. Yeah. 
you actually see her smile in this. this her movie. turn. Again. Yeah. Her turn. Yeah, yeah, it was the same in the Christmas special where they, they along the way, you watch all these together, and that would be a marathon, one, two, Christmas special, and three. You see these people. Well, you'd also have to kind of throw an in game because she learned a lot from almost dying with Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. Nebula's had this great journey as well. So I know yeah, that getting in that true. makeup must be awful, but oh. Yeah. Drax being the dad of all those kids and speaking their language and doing stupid little dances for them. I also love the whole thing. He goes, dancing is stupid. Like early in the movie. <laughs> and by the end of the movie, he's like doing bunny hops with kids. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I loved yeah. It. But not enough Captain America. <laughs> I know that he's not part of the guardians, but I, I always want to see more Captain America. I don't care if it's Steve or Sam. I just need some more cap. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I really liked, and it doesn't surprise me that, that James handled it this way. I'm just glad, very glad that he did. The character of, of, of Gamora, who is a different Gamora. She's a new Gamora from the one we had before. Yeah. They, they make it quite clear repeatedly throughout the film that, no, Gamora died. <laughs> Gamora yeah. that you knew died. She's still dead. This is a different version of her that never went through all those things that, that well, some of the things she went through a lot of the same stuff that that character did. It's just that at a certain point in history, their paths diverged. Yeah. And they could, the cheesy Hollywood thing would have been for them. Oh, to I re, know. Re fall in love with each other. Yeah. By the end of it. And, but they, they don't go there. They, you can see the quill. He wants to go there so bad. He keeps trying to steer him in that direction. She's like, I don't know, dude, just, Hey, I'm not the same person. Just take it easy. But, Naturally, you see, obviously, Quill naturally wants to have these conversations with her, and he does. Naturally, also, they still have chemistry because, yes. of course, they do. Yeah. And she, she acknowledges that. Uh, she's, of course, she has to because it's just there. She acknowledges it, but it's still not going to be the same. Well, they, they don't, didn't go they through don't the same have, yeah, yet. they don't have the same experience base. Yeah. If they ever get together in the future, it will be a different thing. Mm hmm. Because the draw is there, and that was well played. And it was, again, very moving. The whole thing of, I bet we were fun. It's like, man, you wouldn't even believe it, how fun it we were. It was also kind of realistic, just from the standpoint, if you think of a breakup, and you become, yeah. you actually be, go into the, into the friend zone with somebody, you'll willingly become friends with somebody after you've broken up and realize it's not the same. You yeah, know, We are different people now. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it was, uh, you know, it's that mild heartbreak at the same time. They're both going to be fine. They're both going to mm -hmm. be fine. Yeah. In the comics, he hooked up with Kitty pride. I wasn't very f big a fan of that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the recent star Lord, as in since the MCU, they have mm -hmm. been writing him like the movie star Lord. So he's charming ah. and, and goofy kind of, and Kitty Pride has grown up. Obviously, she's not a teenager anymore because they do address the change of time over decades of comics. So, yeah, some interstellar mission, the Guardians and the X-Men team up and then they kind of like, oh, I like you. So they dated for a bit. OK, good on you, Peter Quill. <laughs> but um, but, you know, you also got 
in this movie because he's not letting anything dangle, if you know what I mean. They bring in Starhawk again, who is Sylvester Stallone's character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I just can't believe we got Starhawk. We've got yeah. Adam Warlock. We've got all these dudes. I'm like, yeah, come on with that. Who was, I was going to ask you this. Uh, the, there was a, 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 a wizard character in the, or a sorcerer character who was with the Ravagers. It's, it's like a serpent super teen character. And oh, right. I'm not opening, sure. He's opening uh, sling ring portals. Oh, left right when they first I show think that up. may just be teleportation and not magic base. But I could I be th- wrong. I think it seemed like they were yeah, actually using it, a sling ring. It looks exactly like, like uh, Dr. Strange. I don't know if he's that's putting up the same s- little symbols and stuff as Dr. Strange does. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't so know if, if that's, that's a canon character. I, if there, if he is, I don't know him. Yeah. The only other one I recognize is because they did this at the end of two, or not the end, but you do see when they show up for Yondu's funeral, you see with Starhawk, you see other characters who are were the classic Guardians of the Galaxy, which is weird. Because the one thing you don't know is that class or that a lot of the audience doesn't know is the Guardians are not contemporary characters. They're supposed to be in like the year 3000, whatever their future, oh. their future Marvel characters. Um, and Yondu, much more spiritual, much more. His people are like the Native American race type folks. And again, very serious. Not a, what are you doing there, boy? And they're not ravagers. That that <laughs> That's something James Gunn came up with. And there's a guy who grew up on like a colony on on Pluto or something uh, who's this massively wide character because of the difference in gravity and so forth. It makes your body like that. And that's who uh, they had Ving Rhames playing in at the cameo at the end of uh, like they digitally made him really wide. I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. And the, the crystalline guy. That is in three that is with Starhawk. He's another member of the classic guardians. Uh, the, he, he looks like he's made of diamond. Okay. Dope. Who's so it? There was like a floating, a floating, uh, I don't know the floating head robot guy. head. Yeah. No, I don't need Love I, that. I miss you guys so much. He's they probably all are canonical and I'm just like, I don't know them and I'm embarrassed. But so, I, I'm still like digging that. And Star-Lord was never a member of the Guardians. So when they came up with this idea of a present day Guardians, they were picking characters that were cosmic, but weren't in the classic team. So maybe they inspire the Guardians of the future, but they put Star-Lord in there and Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Uh, you know, Alex Ross, of course, mm-hmm. personally. Will you introduce me? Uh, <laughs> Alex no Ross, comment. amazing comic book artist uh, who does very photorealistic paintings. He did a painting of this version of Guardians, the MCU version, but painted the way they looked in the comics, which is not anything like they look in the movies. So Star-Lord in his weird helmet and superhero outfit, Rocket the way he looked in the thing, Groot, who was this big monster tree-looking dude, uh, Gamora, and I was just like, that's awesome. Because it's like, this is what they look, Drax, totally different. This is what they looked like in the comics, but it's the team that you think of in the movies. I love nice. this. This is a good, good thing. Oh, this reminds me of another thing I really loved. Yeah. Uh, the, the touch, because they, they have this running thing where the new Gamora doesn't understand Groot. Yes. And 
because she, she just hears what the audience hears as I am Groot. And, yeah. and she's like, it's like this running gag, like, you guys, you're just making up stuff that he's saying, right? <laughs> like, come on, this thing can't be a thing. And then finally, at the, at the one of the last, in the, the one of the, den, the denouement in the movie where they're wrapping things up, she just suddenly understands him. Yeah. And you see her reacting like, oh, shit, I, I understood you that time. She didn't say it. You can see it in her face, which I love that touch, too. She, well, she, it, she, it's, she, a, it's a brilliant James Gunn thing because – the audience is thrown, but then we yeah. see her expression and we realize that she has been made part of the family. So she understands him. And so, so are we, so and I that's love- very meta. It's like, yeah. now we actually understand Groot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm wondering, I, I don't know if this is canon to the way Groot is in the comics. I don't know the source material, but it, it's implied it's okay. that it's okay. Groot, maybe his language is like somewhat telepathic. That he you you spend more time around him, you you start to understand what he's saying over time. So Gamora picks it up, like it's like you're absorbing it uh, over time, and it suddenly gets seeps in. So she understands it, and she's kind of stunned by it. And then a couple of scenes later, we understand him because yeah. he says, "Love you guys." Yeah, which was the, the second time you've heard him. We've heard him say anything other than uh, yeah, the, the original Groot said, "We are Groot." This was completely off off the menu of of a Groot saying i really think that's what james was intending is like oh of course you've spent enough time with him now you understand what he's yeah and now vin diesel has to say more than three words yeah yeah i think uh, that was that was one of james's parting gifts to to the oh yeah definitely to his people as he's moving on that uh speaking of that that run in the comics where the guardians and x-men crossed over gene gray like the most powerful telepath in you know well second to professor x the the cover of one of those comics was great it's gene gray just looking up at groot and groot's looking down at her and his word balloon is i am groot but the entire back of the behind them is what he's actually saying because she's obviously able to understand it oh yeah and the entire cover is just like well, I find it interesting that da, 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 da. <laughs> it goes on and on and on and on and on. But his word balloon is just, I am Groot. And she's sitting there going like, mm-hmm, got it. Yeah. It's just this huge monologue. Loved it. That's great. But no, I, that was very touching. I want to say one thing about how brilliant he is also, Mr. Gunn. I'm sorry. This is a love letter to you. <laughs> you deserve it, though. Great job. But. He is brutally smart when it comes to advertising, when it comes to promoting and and getting you. Trailers have always been good. The trailers have always been good. And I'm sure he oversees those and goes, yeah, exactly what I want. But this thing with this movie where they're like, time for one last ride. And then you see all these shots of like you see them carrying Peter Quill's body and you see there are all these dramatic shots, including like rocket going down or being crushed and all this stuff. Then you watch the movie and you go, Holy shit. Those shots are taken completely out of context from the yeah. movie. Yeah. And in fact, within the first five minutes, we see the, see? the, the carrying of Peter Quill because he's dead. He's drunk. just drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant because he's hyped it up as the, the press was buying it. Everyone's like going, who's yeah. going to die. Who's going to yeah. die. Exactly. And then they, and I- no one does. Yeah, and it was I was I wanted to say that too that I was on 
a little bit of uh, pins and needles on this towards the end, especially that scene where Quill wish, risks his life to save the Zune. Uh, I thought, okay, because this happened to him in the first movie where he, he yeah, was out in space. Out in space. Without a, without a respirator Crystallizing or and, 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 uh, yeah. and inflating. <laughs> and so we, we, they, there've been things said about the, the film, like, you know, this is a sort of a goodbye and we're moving on and, and yeah. you know, there will be goodbyes will be said. And I was like, Oh, I know. And, and I'm like, that's said, just mean. Do people die in the film, James? He goes, sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course people die. It's like, but he didn't say in no way did he indicate who, who actually dies. Right. But yeah, but in the end, it's just like at the end of uh, the Mandalorian season three, everybody survives. <laughs> Everybody's okay. And we just were, you know, the, but the, all, all the characters are still there for, for future storytellers. You to, could to be play with. a little mad that you've been manipulated, but most people are just going to be like, oh, you bastard. What yeah. a mean trick you played on us. Because that scene, that scene where he he he, he is you know saving the zune and, and floating in space, and you're like, oh fuck. And I was thinking, okay, well, obviously Adam Warlock's gonna save him because that's the only guy there who can do it. I but was they, thinking they the same thing just long enough. Like plus wait, Adam Warlock needed a redemption moment. I mean, again, yeah. that's just good structure. They make you wait long enough that I was starting to think, oh shit, is Adam just too stupid to save him? Or is he wounded? <laughs> you know, is he not healthy enough to jump out there right now? Or is he depowered, you know? And oh fuck. And then all of a sudden there he is, his hand comes in, he's like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I know. By the way, was, for the uninitiated, Adam Warlock, the only problem with them bringing him into Guardians late, as in he, his character doesn't even kick in until a lot of the Thanos storyline's already over. He actually had the soul infinity right. stone. I heard that, yeah. So whatever he's got here as a power source in the movie, it's it's not an infinity stone. So part of me is like going, that should be the soul stone. And mm-hmm. then again, people ask me to leave the theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, they Ladies could. and gentlemen, that should be the soul stone right there. They could do some weird timey wimey stuff with Loki, since uh, uh, you know. I love me some timey wimey. We could have we could have a scene in Loki season two of him giving somehow bringing the Soul Stone to uh, the uh, what's the name of the the race of people that he's from? Um, the Titans. They're on they're on the moon of Titans. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Uh, oh, oh, Adam the Warlock. Sovereign. The Sovereign. Yeah. 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 Again, the the that's a James Gunn kind of retcon where the high evolutionary created the sovereign. I was like, that's not where Adam Warlock came from. Oh, and what what was that? Uh, I will they, accept it though. The origin of, of Rocket was a bit different too, wasn't it? But not there is really. a connection to that. Really? Okay. I when in that original miniseries, he doesn't have an origin. It's like they've just always been around that there are talking intelligent animals out in space having this adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was later that they're like, no, he's actually an earth raccoon that got operated on. High evolutionary was not the guy who did it. So yeah, that, that's, that's I, yeah. changed. Okay. High evolutionary is that kind of an asshole in the comics. And I kept looking because counter earth, the fact that we got counter earth, I'm just like, what the fuck? Because that's obviously from the comics. High Evolutionary did that. I want to make... He's from Earth, though, in the comics. High Evolutionary is an Earthman who his intelligence grows to such a great degree for various reasons. He's like, I am kind of a god now, and I can create better species by blending all these DNA, and I can create an Earth where everything's perfect, which, of course, it it turns out not. And Adam Warlock has a lot to do with with Counter Earth stories um, because that's where I think he 
he shows up on counter earth originally he doesn't make it to our earth till later anyway so all that stuff i'm looking for easter eggs like when we go there i'm like he famously high evolutionary created um a cow woman named bova who was (laughs) who was the nursemaid to young wanda and pietro like they grew up on Wondagore Mountain, you know the big mountain at the in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. Multiverse of yep. Madness. That is where Wanda and Pietro grew up in the comics. Yeah, and and yeah, High Evolutionary was in charge of Wondagore Mountain, had all of his animal people as the Knights of Wondagore, and so it's animals in knight armor, animal men, and 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 Bova took care of Wanda and Pietro. So every now and then, like we go to Counter Earth, I'm like, show me Bova. Where's Bova? I am so still. I, I'm so even more convinced as time goes by. I'm so I'm so convinced that he's going to do Captain Carrot. Uh, <laughs> he might. He has to because he, he's. This is so so up his alley. And you he know actually, what? On, it, on, I do think it'll end up being similar to Creature Commandos. I bet that ends up being like a animated series. I don't well, think I mean, we're going to get Howard's, a you know big screen. Well, you know. I, no, he, I know. I know. I know, but he he did, and, he, and this doesn't necessarily indicate anything. But he he did share on Easter. He put a, put up a picture of uh, Captain Carrot on did, his Instagram oh, story. I didn't yeah. see that. Well, you know, he loves to drop his hints. Yeah, he's yeah. a hint dropper. He's a hint dropper. I will say everything that we're excited about. We should take a deep breath because the writers' strike, uh, which yes. I fully support. God bless, man. Yeah. That's ridiculous. They got to share some of that grotesque money people with the people who make the content. But so a lot of this stuff is going to be put on hold. Yeah. Was I very sad to hear that daredevil, the new daredevil series is on hold. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cause I think echo is finished or they're very close to finishing it. So it'll probably debut when it's supposed to. Yeah. Unfortunately, Andor was already shooting, but now the writers have had to leave the set. So, including Tony Gilroy, unfortunately. So that's uh, from what I've heard. Because technically, I love he, seeing the, all the posts it. of like the actors and these shows going out to the picket lines and just like joining them and bringing them food and stuff. I love that. I where it's like, that. oh no, it's just lots of. I, I'm not saying Andor specifically, but you see plenty of like, yep, yeah, sorry, we were uh, we were going to be uh, doing our show. It's not happening right now until they work stuff out. So you see some of the directors and actors of different shows going out to the picket lines and yeah. showing their support. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I, I hope I hope they, they, they wrap this up. Yeah, me too. Um, sooner Cause, than later. Because you got to have my programs. Yeah, we, we need our, our nerdy shit. We need our programs and our films. And I, I don't want these movies, uh, these series to get compromised just you know, because those guys Mm-mm. aren't there. We need them writers. Yeah. Though, if they offered me a job, would I be a scab? Yes, because yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get into the industry for so long. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> so um, I asked you if you'd, if you'd seen The Man from Earth. Had you ever even heard of that? No, I'd never even heard of it. Um, how so did, did you find, stumble on it? I, that's what I was, I've been racking my brain trying to remember how I initially learned about it. And I think I must have read about it on a blog somewhere because mm. this was – Years ago, like probably around the time, probably the year it came out or the year afterwards, I'm, I think I actually got it off of Netflix back when I still was was doing their DVD plan. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> but it, it's a sort of a cult classic now. It was a, f- uh, it's really really uh, well done script that was written by Jerome Bixby, 
who was a very old school uh, science fiction writer mm. who had who had written for Twilight Zone, and he wrote some of the most legendary uh, episodes of Star Trek, the original series, including ah. Mirror Mirror, yeah, and and uh, Requiem for Methuselah, mm-hmm. which is where this old man turns out to be that he, he he's immortal and he was Leonardo no, da Vinci. No, you don't. You screwed what? up the plot. Uh, the plot of it is this old man, he played one, he played <laughs> knickknack on my thumb with a knickknack paddywhack, a, give the dog a bone. I was thinking about the other day because I was watching the Dune trailer, Quizzai like Cataract. Quizzai <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Cataract, give a dog a bone? No? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Completely off track now. Sorry. Yes, it. it was written by this amazing old school yeah. sci-fi guy. So, and he, this was a story which he, he toured around with some elements of this on the, the episode of Requiem for Methuselah. There's an, an immortal man who lives on some distant planet somewhere, I guess, who reveals that he, throughout history, he, he was a lot of famous people and also a lot of just not famous people, but he was uh, Leonardo da Vinci, he was Brahms, he was uh, Methuselah, he was Merlin in the legend of, of Arthur. So crazy. And, and uh, so, uh, Jerome Bixby had, had an idea to, to expand on that idea and he was working on the story in his head for decades and he finally finished the script on his deathbed with his son uh, d- you know, t- taking down dictation for him on his, in his final days and then uh, after he died his son Emerson I think his name is and met, man, I'm trying to remember that Robert Shankman I think was the director uh, mm. that he paired up with and the two of them kind of fleshed out the, the screenplay and then went off to try to get it made, and they had they actually got a lot of interest at, at first, but all the Hollywood people wanted to warp it into some kind of distorted, you know, Hollywood bullshit kind of yep. thing. And so they 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 you know stuck to their guns. And what if he finally, has a hot cop for a partner? Like yeah, she's really hot. This is the stupidest shit you can imagine. And so they they decided to do it as just a really low budget feature, and because the writing was so good, and probably because it was a Star Trek writer, they got some Trek actors in the piece. Uh, there's uh, John Billingsley. He played Dr. Phlox on Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, has, does, he's great in it. He plays a biologist. And there's t- Tony Todd, who mm. I don't know the characters he was in. I just remember, I know I've seen, the, the, the whole cast are, are character actors that you recognize. There's nobody right. in, the, in the, that you wouldn't recognize. Like, oh, I know that person. I can't remember what I've seen them in, but I know that. And the, the main guy, uh, the main character, uh, John Oldman, is played by David Lee Smith, who uh, probably most people know him from CSI Miami. He was on that for like the entire run of the series or something. He's, he's So he solved a lot recognize. of crimes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I, I came to mind recently because of another movie I'm going to recommend that that you watch uh, called Artifice Girl, which just came out. Um, uh, another low Where budget indie film. These things I haven't heard uh, of this. Chris Duckman, uh, one of my favorite YouTube reviewers. I know about it because he reviewed it, and it's you have to rent it. It's not uh, on streaming uh, services oh. yet, but uh, it is really well worth watching. He just mentions that this film is really just a series of conversations. There's no action in it. It's just people sitting, standing, sitting in a room talking, but it's brilliant. You have to watch it. And that immediately made me think of the man from earth, because that's what the man from earth is. It's yeah. one long conversation between a group of college professors with one person who well, only, so only spoil I'm going to offer one person who, who reveals in the course of the conversation that he is immortal. And he's been, a, he's, he's lived for 14,000 years. 
And so the conversation is the people like trying to get their brain around, like, is he fucking with us? Like, and, yeah. and then trying to get, trying to like throw him off and, and try to see if he's, if he's telling the truth or not. And they get more and more intrigued as they go along. It's brilliantly written. It's so good. Wow. So, and so unfortunately, what's, what's, what's the log line for artifice girl? What's it about? Artifice girl is, uh, an AI. It's a story about artificial intelligence and, it's timely. A, very timely. Yeah, and it's it's a an AI that was developed by somebody to catch pedophiles, and oh who she poses as a, a young girl. Yeah, uh, to to lure pedophiles uh, so they can be. So this the, the main character in this film. Well, the main character, I guess, is the AI. Yeah, uh, named Cherry, but the, her creator, whose name is I can't remember his name now, but he he created her because he was the victim of of pedophilia wow. when he was a kid and was abducted and he had been secretly uh giving leads to the fbi and not telling them how he was doing it and so the first scene is them getting you know trying to they're interrogating him trying to find out who is this girl that who's been working with you it's just, he's she's not a real girl you know this is very telling as to i can see why these and they that both they both are very intriguing and I'll check them out. But the thing I love is this is very you, you find and are drawn to, no, I mean, it's a good way. You like sci-fi that has a, a real concept behind it. That is, that is heavier. That is smarter. Uh, you like you some pew pew as well. I know, but, uh, these concepts are great. These are great sci-fi concepts. They're big question. They're, they're big question. Films. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like 2001 space odyssey and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. I, I just love writers and filmmakers who just go straight for these big questions. They're not, they don't shy away from them. Right. That's a base. That's the greatest thing about both of these films. But did especially you like, uh, did you Mars. like contact when it came out? Loved it. Loved yeah. it. We got a little too cheesy. Yeah, because I love Zemeckis is great. He's a fantastic director. But he'll he, go for he'll go for the he he went a little he'll go for the, the parmesan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, um, that, that makes and there is sense. A, and AI. I mean, sorry, AI. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Uh, AI's a whole other thing. Girl does does have a daughter fa- a father daughter uh, dynamic in it. It's not just about artificial intelligence. It's also about father daughter relationships or uh, parent child relationships in general. Yeah, and it's so well done. And we've got uh, the only name actor in it that I recognize is Lawrence Henriksen. I think the guy oh, who played uh, you mean Bishop. Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Thank you. Yeah, he played Bishop in Aliens. Uh, love that actor. So he, play, he plays the older version of, of the creator of the AI and one of the later scenes. And he's fantastic. Of course. Uh, of course. Lance Henriksen always delivers. Guys always looked skeletal since he was a young man, <laughs> but he's so intense. Always love him. Yeah. But that, that really is the, the, one of the main reasons I love man from earth so much is that it, it is all about a big question and they, they, they go straight for it and they dig into it the entire movie. And nice. I, so great. So great. All right. Well, uh, this has been Chad's movie picks, uh, and they both sound really good. So uh, one, one more thing I'll say about it too. Man from Earth, you can watch on YouTube. The entire oh, movie is on YouTube. There's also a sequel. Now, I what? will say, offer this with a really heavy caveat. Do not watch the sequel until you've watched the original, and you may not want to watch the sequel at all because they completely go off. They, uh, they try to turn it. Uh, it, was, it was clear that the creators of the film were, were – flipped out that the movie was such a big cult success and they were trying to figure out some way to spin it into a franchise and you just can't do that with a movie like that so they tried to 
to, to his credit, David Lee Smith, who reprises his role in the second one. That's the only good thing about the sequel is, is David Lee Smith's is, He's still bringing he's, it. He's, yeah, he's fantastic in it. But they, they try to turn it into some weird X-Files, like, thriller kind they of thing. They give him a hot cop partner. <laughs> and and William Cat comes back to reprise his role. He plays, I think, can't remember what kind of professor he is in the, in the original. I think he's a sociologist. can't remember. But he's, William Cat. by the way, I don't know if I mentioned that. He's in, the, in this. And no, no, I, I, I saw the. He's, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm glad he gets work. I'm always glad to yeah. see <laughs> William Cat around. Yeah. But yeah, no, don't watch the sequel if you can avoid it. Just but, but go are, in just knowing that it's extremely flawed. There are things where, even if it's the same creators involved, you get to a part two and you're like, what happened? Yeah. Because uh, the one I always go to is Highlander is not thinking science fiction fantasy. It's it's re- But it it's really great. Highlander is so much fun as a cult movie of its time and great concept. Uh, Highlander 2 is the same people. You would think it wasn't, but it's the same people involved. And you're like, what were you fucking thinking? <laughs> Highlander 2, the quickening is, is batshit insane. Shot for $50. And I think it's a similar thing where they were surprised probably that Highlander itself did as well as it did. And of course it was a huge rental. So it did well in the theaters, but then as a rental, it just kept growing in reputation. And it's like, let's go Mm -hmm. back and let's get, let's pay the money to get Sean Connery to do another five minutes of screen time and flashbacks. And now we're on another planet. Yeah. The fuck is going on with you? Highlander is what I said. I think it's similar to what the mistakes that the people the man from earth people made is that they completely, the, the, everything that made the first one successful, they stray from the sure. first one was just one conversation in a room. That was it. It was like, you know, my dinner with Andre with, with an ensemble cast <laughs> essentially. And, uh, so in the sequel, they completely go off in this other tangent and it's not about conversations. It's about a series of events and, and, you know, yeah, at that and, point it is showing its desire to, as you said, um, let's try and, and spin this into plot driven stories instead of, you know, thought. Yeah. Um, and that's a mistake. Yeah. I I thought for sure it had to do with the fact that they, I mean, it had part of the problem, obviously that the original author was, was dead, Yeah, but it was his son. The same people who made the first one made the second one. So it was, well, it is a mistake just to repeat what you did in the first movie, but you should always expand on what you did in the first movie. It should feel of a piece and not like, I have no idea what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Why is this happening? Who is that? Why am I I I don't, I've thought about what could they have done differently? I will say, well, no, I can't, I can't reveal what happened. Don't reveal without without spoiling the first one. So don't, I'm not going to say it. But, I would hey. say you with that kind of a concept, and this is without me having watched it uh, yet. But if you're going to do a sequel, I mean, wouldn't you kind of want to? Well, you'd need a budget, but when you want to sort of open it up to vignettes of the incredible lifespan, and therefore that's what all I thought they is, would do, yeah. yeah. But again, that's all like, oh, you want us to do 85 period pieces in one movie? Yeah, here's <laughs> your powdered wig. Here's this. It'd be an endless. Yeah, that would be too. Expensive. Well, they kind of think we've kind of gotten it in Sandman. I'm trying to think of uh, 
the name of that that issue, Hob. that story. Hob. Yeah. Hob, the character of Hob. One of Which my favorite my... Uh, side characters in the entire series, yeah. of course. Yeah. And that storyline of them just meeting up every hundred years, just so great. Yeah, and that's somebody you could totally – I could totally see Neil Gaiman taking that character and spinning him off into a series because he, he would know how to do it well. Oh, of course. But, uh, Even though kind of did. Technically, I mean, with Hobbes – We do see him a couple times after the, that, He yeah. – unlike the character you're talking about in this this movie, The Man from Earth, I think he lives in an eternity of a normal existence. In other words, he's not yeah, standing he's not out. He's not yeah. creating anything and he's just existing, which – could be great slice of life uh, across centuries could be interesting in its own way. And of course the whole thing that ties in with Highlander as well, seeing the loss of, of loves where it's like, Oh, I'd never got old and everyone I love gets old and dies on me. It's, you know, that's a big emotional thing you could work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not pitching a Hobbes series. That's you. That's you pitching that. But, I just want more of that. I love that episode so much. It was it's so, so well realized. Yeah. And and of course the whole thing of uh I until you admit I'm your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's more to it than you just checking in on me. It's like we're buddies. And he's like, Yeah, okay, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I'm dreaming, I'm grumpy. I'm always yeah. kind of grumpy. <laughs> oh, anyway. There was um, one line from the one line there were some some lines of dialogue from the comic that were kept verbatim that was yeah. one from from that episode it was from a different story but it was in the same episode where uh death says oh this no this isn't my boyfriend he's my brother and he's an idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was directly taken from the comics <laughs> this is my brother and he's an idiot the, the, uh, i mean i i can't even there are people like neil gaiman and alan moore whose talent is so great that it's almost unfair. And I just sit there going like, Oh, that's just a perfect Neil Gaiman way of like the whole concept of death being this adorable life affirming Sprite, you know, who's, who's a a wonderful presence and is not afraid to look dream destruction, despair, all of her siblings in the eye and mock them. It's like, I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it is a thing where, you know, anytime I, 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 I've reread the series so many times, it's like, it's just sitting right over there and the big fancy leather hardbound volumes, which are kind of heavy to sit in the lap, but, uh, I'll, I'll reread Sandman again and I can't wait for season two, but I guess we will. I guess we have to wait. Yeah, man. What are we going to talk about when Uh, everything grinds to a halt? Uh, we can go back into the past. Oh, exactly. We can bring up more vibe beast. Oh, Brazil. yeah. Do you still have yours? This? Oh, yeah. Only I okay. did. I did upgrade to the Blu-ray. I, okay. I, I think. Yeah. I do. I do need to buy. In fact, I sold my uh, my DVD box. Oh, okay. it's a, it's exact same material. The Criterion Brazil Blu-ray is the same exact same material, but well, yeah, yeah slightly upscaled. My DVD, my old DVD player is broken. In fact, there's something what? stuck in it right now. But I saw that you can get a you can get a pretty cheap Blu-ray slash DVD player oh, now. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm gonna get get that. I'm gonna rewatch this and we should Yeah, talk about Blu-ray it. is not the highfalutin thing it was. And actually what I did was before I got the PS5, which is what I watch my Blu-rays on now, because it, it plays Blu-ray, mm-hmm. um, I just I went and bought a Blu-ray drive for my PC and it's still in there. So I mean that's okay. those cool. you know, I think that might have been ninety bucks or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's not. Yeah. And the only problem is once you get Blu-ray and you're like, is there a big difference? And you're like, yeah, it is kind of big. The 4K thing, I'm not there yet either. I don't have a 4K player. My brother does, of course. He's like going, oh, my God, 4K. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm OK with my Blu-rays. Every time they put out a new thing, it's like, do I have to replace all the ones I, I have? What should we talk about next week? Other um, than bodies, because I know you're going to do a deep dive and you're going to be obsessed. You're like going next week. We're only talking about by beast. And I'm going to be sad. Yes. We can't. We can't do an hour plus on by beast. Well, I'm totally down for we, we can dive back. I mean, I'm thinking Brazil would be great. Brazil would be awesome to talk. We about. could talk about the Ruddles. Ruddles. I don't own the Ruddles anymore. I did have it. Oh, OK. Oh, shit. What do you think of the sequel? Um, the one they did years later, oh. their take on anthology. Oh, I love the music. Yeah. Yeah. Love, the music was good. Neil, Neil Ennis was a genius. I yeah. love that guy. RIP. So there's a lot to be said about that man. Um, yeah. I don't know. It would be, be kind of cool to, to, there's a lot of, a lot of things we could kind of go down memory lane with, with some of these series. And, and we got, indie, we have coming, coming up. up, we got Indy five. We have mm-hmm. into the spider verse. Is that the two? Those are the two big ones I'm very excited about. Yeah, so there's a whole lot of retrospective stuff we can mm-hmm. do. So, mm-hmm. so yep. we'll think about it. We'll think about people, it. What do you want us to talk about? Oh, people? good. Oh, look at the yeah. call action. Remember those call people action. out there who are watching and like sending you money and stuff. I know. <laughs> if any of you would like to join Kate in sending me money, I'll be posting my Venmo on this. Um, we don't expect that. And actually, I got to be honest, Chad, I never expect anyone to listen to these. <laughs> Because that's, that's, we are just, the joy of this show. we just blather. And if people yeah. enjoy the blather, great. I'm very happy yeah. for me. Uh, it's clearly about, I'm talking to my buddy, Chad, who I haven't seen in a million years. We haven't been in the same room in at least 20 fuck. years. Yeah, it's yeah. been at least 20 years. Yeah. Jesus. You haven't right. even seen the horrible growth on my knee. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> but I like you going on. Yes, something please. to look forward to. Okay, well, here goes the cam. No, I'm not going to be showing you how horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, tune in next week for more of this. Yes. And tell us what you'd like us to talk about you. between now and then. Maybe we will do that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, guys, no more by Beast. <laughs> okay. Bye, Beast. <laughs> Beast. Bye, Beast. <laughs> Bye, Beast. <laughs>